I wonder if there is a test that we need to take in order to get access to eternal life. It will be the test of who is Christ to you. Who is Christ to you? Our gospel today when Jesus set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi, he put this same question to his disciples. He started working from far and then zooming in to their own perception. Who do people say that I am? And they were quick to say, John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, one of the prophets. After saying that, he zoomed onto them and asked, Who do you, who have been with me, my disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter was quick to be the spokesperson. You are the Christ. And in Matthew's Gospel, Peter says, chapter 16, Peter says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter adds something to it, the Son of the living God. And in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus will say, It's not flesh and blood that revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. In other words, it's by revelation that you have this intuition about my identity, about who I am. You know, we go through religious education program. We read a lot of theological books, and it's about what people think that Jesus is. What a church says Jesus is. It is a theology. But in this circumstance, Jesus wants us to go beyond that theological thinking. You can say he is the second person of the Trinity. He is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed of God. You know, but Jesus wanted them to tell him their personal experience with Jesus. They have seen his mission. They have seen the power in him. They have heard his word. So if you put all these things together, what is your understanding of me? So today, Jesus is putting the same question to you. You have been baptized. You have been confirmed. You have received the Eucharist. You received the sacrament of reconciliation. Probably you have received ordination or uh, holy matrimony. You hear the word of God every day. If not every day, at least every week. You hear the word of God. Who is Christ to you? What relationship do you have with Christ? And when you are able to answer the question, there is a, a spontaneous question that follows. Who are you to Christ? Have you ever thought about that question? Who is Christ to you and who are you to Christ? And I believe that if we have a conventional experience with Christ, we should be able to answer those questions differently based on my personal conviction and experience with Christ. 
and his mission in the world. Probably today, this is something you need to think about. Who is Christ to you? Unfortunately, in our world today, there are people who are preaching prosperity, you know, messages. If you are a Christian, you don't have to suffer. If you are a Christian, everything has to be smoothed. You have to be prosperous. You have to be on top. But then, this is what happened in the latter part of this gospel. When he said, you are the Messiah. In other words, you are the Christ, the anointed of God. But then, what does that mean? It is not the perception of the Messiah you have. The Messiah who will sit on top of everybody and you'll be sitting on the left and the right. But his Messiahship comes with the cross, comes with suffering. And that is why Jesus tells them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. As soon as Peter heard of rejection about the killing, he closed his ears and did not even listen to the last part, that you rise again on the third day. And he took Jesus aside and said, no, 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 don't, don't say that. That's not going to happen to you. If it happens to you that way, then what is in for us? Remember, Peter had asked that question, we left everything to come and follow you. What is in for us? In the same way, when we become disciples of Jesus by the fact of our baptism, the tendency is to ask, what is in for me? What can the church do for me? What is the church doing for me? Instead of asking, what can I do for Christ and his mission? What can I do for the church? So we hear the harshest remark in the entire gospel. Get behind me, Satan. Peter is playing the role of Satan. You know, when Jesus was baptized by John, the Spirit led him to the desert and he was tempted. The temptation is about derailing God's plan of salvation for Jesus. And Peter is reiterating the words of Satan in the wilderness. But when Jesus says, get behind me, in other words, you need to learn more from me. When he called them, he said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Following Jesus is getting behind him. So he tells Peter to get behind him to come to a better appreciation of the profession of faith he has made. We profess our faith all the time. But what does that profession mean to us? What is our perception? What is our understanding? Jesus came to save. He's the savior. And the cross was very important for the salvation of the world. And his salvation is for everybody who is open to that. There's no discrimination in Christ Jesus. So it is not surprising that our first reading from the letter of St. James is talking about non-discriminatory policies, especially in the Christian assembly. Treating people with one standard and those who are higher, you know, in authority and rich with one standard and those who, you know, are lower another standard. 
You know, it is interesting, you'll be surprised that I don't even know the contribution anyone makes to this church because I don't have access to that data. But let me ask you, if you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, if you believe that Jesus has saved you, that even in my distress, in my sinful nature, in my abandonment of God, Jesus made it possible for me to be called the child of God once again, once again, then we will not discriminate. Because a discriminatory Christian is a contradiction in Christ. How do you perceive people who are different from you? How do you perceive people who speak differently from how you speak? In this community, we have the Hispanic. We have the Asians here, you know, the Vietnamese, the Filipinos. When you see them, do you see Christ in them? Do you see them as people who have been saved like you by Christ? May the Holy Spirit bring unity, bring love, bring mutual respect and understanding among all believers of Christ. Amen.